Father, we claim this your word to be our experience in this year and in the years to come because the zeal of the Lord will perform it. Cause your word to come forth expressly and clearly. Cause, O Lord, that no bit of your word will be missing and that every target will be hit. In Jesus' name we pray. Please sit down. We give God thanks for today. Thank God for the privilege to share fellowship with us and His Word. Thank you, my vicar. What we are looking at today in this message is not so much an instruction for the church, but instruction for me. Amen? You know, when you say, this is what the church will do, you say, okay, this bit is what Brother Churchill will do. That bit is what Auntie Ruby will do. Uh, and you, pay particular attention. This is your own rule. Perish the thought. Everything we are going to discuss today is what every one of us is to do. Amen. Amen. So I'd like us to listen. Want to sing a song? Uh, it's actually from Kid Green, and uh, it's something that reflects the heart cry. Once burnt bright 
Daniel chapter 2, we've read the passage, verse 2 and 3 are the things we are going to focus on. And those two things we are going to focus on are the things that constitute our role, what manner of persons we're to be. The method of our action this year is first of all to be and then to do. Can you say to be and to do? To be and to do. Yes, it's important that it is to be and to do in that order because you first of all see who the person Daniel is. Um, it, it wasn't Daniel in the presence of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abadnego. It was Daniel all alone by himself. Now, I want us to consider a few scriptures. Can we turn to Ezra chapter 7 verse 10? Ezra chapter 7 verse 10 and uh, it's a popular verse of the scripture but take note of the order of things you will see there for Ezra had prepared his heart to seek the law of the Lord and to do it and to teach in the in Israel statutes and judgments. Whose Bible says that Ezra prepared his heart to teach and after that to do? Whose Bible says that? Take a look at your Bible. Is there any Bible that reverses that order? Okay. Take a look at Acts chapter 1 verse 1. The Lord himself, our example. Take a look at Acts chapter 1 verse 1. And it says, the things that Jesus began both to, both to, and to. Now the first thing has to be that I am. I want to take us to a scripture. There is a man who was born 
destined to bring revival in the life of the children of Israel. He was born, he was reared for that purpose. The great deliverer, the mighty prophet, the man Moses. You remember Moses? Huh? Remember that at the age 40, Moses knew that this was his call in life. But I want you to see what was the uh, account by the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit saying that as a commentary on Moses, at that time he was 40 and somehow was not able to bring about the revival at that time. Acts chapter 7 verse 22. Are you there? Huh? And Moses was learned in all the wisdom of the Egyptians and was mighty in deeds and in words. Huh? You now see a reversal. He was mighty in what? In words before the deeds. No wonder he wasn't able to bring about the revival at that time. Now no matter how much of God's word I know and teach, if I'm not first that person, I'm not going to bring about the plan and purpose of God in and through my life the way it's meant to be. Is that clear to us? Amen? So I must be, I must first of all be that person. I must first of all take note of what God is saying and do it. Amen? I must first of all apply all that the Lord is teaching. If we have taken note of that being, then let's get quickly to uh, the next thing which we must do to progress. In Daniel chapter 2, we see Daniel as an individual interceding for the people of the land. Amen? And the basis of his intercession was what? What he read. Am I correct? It was what he read. Good. Now, in, in applying what we will talk about today, I want us to take note of something. Ezra chapter 1 verse 1. Please, let's gently, persistently get at it. What does Ezra 1 1 say? In the first year of Cyrus, king of Persia, that the word of the Lord by the mouth of Jeremiah might be fulfilled. The Lord stirred up the spirit of Cyrus, king of Persia, that he make a proclamation throughout his kingdom and put it in writing. He stirred up the spirit in your Bible. Eh? Some it might be uh, moved the heart. Some it might be if you have a 
message translation. Let's also read the last verse of the last chapter of Second Chronicles. Second Chronicles 36, okay, verse 22. Now, in the first year of Cyrus, it's exactly the same thing, that the word of the Lord spoken by the mouth of Jeremiah might be accomplished. The, heart, the Lord stirred up the spirit of Cyrus. What are we getting at? When God's word has gone forth, God will move not just inanimate things, but will stir up the spirit of an unbeliever to bring to pass what his word has proclaimed. If you understand this, you will not be the same. When God has spoken, and there is someone that is an unbeliever, he does not know God, he does not revere God, he does not respect God. But in order to see that what God has spoken comes to pass, God will stir up that person's spirit. Hallelujah. Now, if you understand that, you'll be strengthened in your prayer. Hallelujah. You'll be what? Strengthened in your prayer. If you read John chapter 19, verse 23 and 24, you will see something there. That the soldiers at the crucifixion of Jesus neither knew the scriptures nor cared about the scriptures nor cared about God. Yet, so as to make sure that the word of God in Psalm, they cast lots for my garments, comes to pass. God made them to say, no, let's not tear this fine dress. Let's cast lots for it. Now, Jesus died. And being dead, they came around breaking bones. So as to make sure that the word of God, which says none of his bones were broken, comes to pass. God stirred up their spirits to say, no, let's not break his bones. He's already dead. What are we saying? God will stir up the spirits of unbelievers so as to make sure that what he has said in his word will come to pass. Can you say it with me? God will stir up the heart of unbelievers to see to it that what he says will come to pass. So we need, like Jeremiah, to be students of the word, to know what is it that God has said. What is it that God has said that will make us begin to pray? Jeremiah chapter 25. Let's get to that prophecy of Jeremiah. Jeremiah 
chapter 25. First of all, we'll look at verse 12. Amen? Yeah. Does anybody have it? Okay. What does it say? Yes. Okay. Yes. 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 Okay. At the end of 70 years, I will punish the land of Babylon. Is this the one that made him to start praying? Was it this one that made him to pray? Huh? No, it cannot be now. At the time he was speaking, there was no more kingdom of Babylon. This one had come to pass. Okay? The, that was why he said to Belshazzar, Give your gifts to another person, but I'll interpret it for you. Your kingdom has been divided among the Medes and Persians. And uh, that was it. You know, there are some of us who run very quickly at the, at the prophecy concerning judgment on unbelievers. Not so, Daniel. Hello. We're talking about our role. Hello. Daniel read and saw in 70 years I will judge. That was not the one that moved Daniel to begin to pray. He had seen the judgment. And we know that God will judge. In his time, he will judge. He is the God that judges. But can we look at Jeremiah chapter 29 verse 10. Jeremiah 29 verse 10. So that we can get the one that actually moved him to pray. For thus saith the Lord, after seventy years be accomplished at Babylon, I will visit you and perform my good work towards you in causing you to return to this place. For I know the thoughts I have for you. Our role today and throughout this year is to be people who are more interested in heaven being populated than in judgment coming on the unbeliever. We must be people whose intercession is stirred up more. Oh, that new Jerusalem be populated than those who are hungry and crying. God, punish the unbelievers for having destroyed your temple. God will punish the unbelievers when they don't repent. But we are using Daniel as our rule today. Amen. Amen. Daniel was a comfortable man. Daniel was not someone that was in lack in Babylon or in the kingdom of Cyrus. 
In Babylon, he had risen to the point where he was declared the third ruler. And when this Cyrus came up, he was also quite prominent. But he was not satisfied with his material prosperity and social influence. He was hungry that Jerusalem be populated. Beloved, are you praying, seeking, hoping, following after, so that you might arise to the place of influence, financially stable? Your world begins to open doors for others. Or is your cry, O oh God, populate New Jerusalem? O oh God, bring into the kingdom those whom you have promised to bring in. What is your cry? What is your position? Hallelujah. Now, thirdly, Daniel believed the word. Can we say Daniel believed the word? Can you say Daniel believed the word? I had a burn team. I have some people who work with me. And on a certain day, we reviewed a patient and noticed that something was not quite going well. And I gave an instruction. Check the pulse. If the pulse begins to rise, change over to this antibiotic. And left. Went for other things. Three days later, I came. The patient had become worse. I was grieved. And I said, what were the instructions we gave? They had written my instructions down, but they had not carried it out. I said, check the pulse. Within hours of that my word round, the pulse has started to rise. I said, why didn't you do what I told you to do? Do you think they believed me? Do you think they believed me? If they believed me, they wouldn't have just heard. They would have gone back and said, Chief said that if the pulse rises, we should change the antibiotics. They would have been counting the pulse. The nurses were writing down the pulse rate, so it wasn't them to do it. It was clearly written. The pulse began to rise. Okay. So I'm not saying be somebody that hears what the Bible says. Choose to believe it. Amen. As many as choose to believe the scriptures that we are going to go forth and act on them, as many are going to see the hand of God. Listen, the Bible says in First Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 13, The word of God, which worketh effectually in you that believe. And was it not yesterday that we heard what was written in Luke chapter 1 verse 45. Blessed is she that believed because there will be a performance. If any one of us does not believe this word and act on it, don't be surprised that you will not see the revival in your place. Don't be surprised. Don't be surprised. Don't be surprised that you say, well, it seems that God is selective. The word of God worketh effectually when you are fully assured 
and act on it. Hallelujah. So, having looked at who we are, remember Esther was not satisfied with the death of Haman. Haman had been hung. Esther still fell on her knees before Ahasuerus and said, My darling, this is not what I came to you for. I want my people saved. Hello? Alright, 1 Timothy chapter 2 verse 1. 1 Timothy chapter 2 verse 1. Please, let's all look at the Bible together. Are we there? Let's read it together. I exhort therefore that first of all. Uh-uh. Uh-uh. I exhort therefore that second of all. I exhort therefore that in the midst of all that you want to do. I exhort therefore that what? First of all what? First of all requests, prayers, intercession and giving of thanks be made for all men. Hallelujah. 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 Now, we have learned about Charles Bronson Finney. Perhaps you would also know when you read the story of Charles Bronson Finney that before Finney went forth, Father Nash had been there for weeks groaning in intercession. How many of us know about Brother Andrew, God's smuggler? God used to bring down the iron curtain. God has been using so much in the uh, Muslim world too. His wife died some years ago. Okay. I hope you also know that there is a prayer team before he came forth. Can you say first of all prayers? Can you say first of all prayer? Thank you. That was well done. Now, remember Nehemiah did not start out with a petition to the king. What he started out with was what? Prayer. He started out with praying. And from praying, he now had the burden. Do you notice that it's the same with the Lord Jesus? He didn't send the people out in Matthew chapter 10 until he had accomplished Matthew chapter 9 where he says, Pray ye therefore the Lord of the harvest to thrust forth laborers into his vineyard. Hallelujah. So you need to pray first. And I'm not saying you should spend 10 days in prayer before you start ministering. But I'm saying that you should give priority time to your private place of prayer. Amen. Please take your pen and paper. Write down. You remember the first prophecy we had yesterday. God said, I'm going to give you instructions on how to approach my presence. I said, ah, maybe God wants to say what I had in mind from him to say and I listened closely 
So perhaps these are some of the instructions God wants you to have on approaching his presence. Because you need to know what God wants so that you can tell God what he wants. You know, the Bible says we have this confidence that if we ask according to his will, he heareth us. Amen? And if we know he hears us, then we know we have those requests. Secondly, in James chapter 5 or 17, the Bible says, The effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous man makes much power available. So, as each individual is going to pray as the word of God, you remember that was what Daniel did. Daniel said, your word has said 70 years are accomplished for our people. The time is now. And he began to confess. I want us to look at what God has said and begin to order our prayer along that way. Our individual prayers in our quiet time. When we have our prayer list. Our corporate prayers in the home. Our prayers, please, in our groups, please, in our weekly prayers, please. Amen. Let them be patterned. Not that these will be the only things we pray. No, 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 no. But these have to be part of it. And pray in this manner. Psalm 2 verse 8. Psalm 2 verse 8. Ask of me and I will give you the heathen for an inheritance. Father, your word has said, ask of me and I will give you the heathen for an inheritance. Father, I am asking in Jesus' name. Okay, now I want you to look at a scripture. Open your mind. Open your mind. Galatians chapter 4, verse 27. Galatians chapter 4, verse 27. Actually, I think I'll start from verse 25 so as to give us a little context of it. For this Agar is Mount Sinai of Arabia and answereth to Jerusalem, which now is and is in bondage with our children. But Jerusalem, which is above, is free, which is the mother of us all. For it is written, Rejoice, thou barren that beareth not. Break forth and cry, thou that travelest not. For the desolate children had, what? Many more children than she which hath not an husband. What is God saying? Who is the desolate woman here? I gave you the context now. The desolate woman is referring to Jerusalem, that is above. And God says that by my own reckoning, she will have as many children as the other one. Eh? What? One more child than the other. What? Many more. We heard the story 
in the current revival. So what percentage of the population had made a decision for Christ? Last Sunday, we heard it now. What percentage? 90%. We are not praying for God to give us a tithe of the Igbo race. We are not praying for God to give us a tithe of the place where we live. We were saying, Father, your word has said that many more are the children of the desolate than the children, than the woman that has children. Lord, there shall be many more believers. You know, I'm not talking about people going to church. We're talking about people who are genuine children of the kingdom. So we're going to hold God and say, Father, you have said, ask of me. And I will give you the hidden for an inheritance. I'm asking. And Lord, I'm asking that there will be many more. Because your word has said. Believing he will stir up the heart of people. So as to make sure that what he says will come to pass. Hello. Romans chapter 5 verse 20. We are honing like we're honing in. Romans chapter 5, verse 20. In all of these, you will not see anybody's name. We're not saying that uh, God has said that uh, James Ikako uh, must give his life to Christ. That's not what I'm saying. No. I'm not saying that you will get one unbeliever and say, God, I want to claim this unbeliever and therefore this unbeliever will come to Christ and I can marry him. This is not for such people though. I hope what we are saying is abundantly clear. Have I mentioned anybody's name here? Good. So that you will not misapply this scripture to your own hurt. Romans chapter 5 verse 20. What does it say? Moreover, as the law entered that the offense might abound, but where sin abounded, grace did much more abound. All the translations I looked at use the word where. Where refers to a place, isn't it? Eh? I had the privilege of serving in Ojobo in Delta State. That was a place, the only place that in youth service camp were warned. If you can avoid it, avoid the immorality there tingles the ears. And true to type, in less than 24 hours of my arrival there, two young women and a young man came to me. And the young woman said, If this house, this house looks like it's too big for you, do you need somebody? Following day, I held the pastor. I held the pastor very well. And God opened my eyes to this scripture. Before I left Ojubo, Christian Union had come on evangelism there. That place had just one living church. Before I left, Deeper Life had come there. Anglican Church had come there. The word of God had broken out. Why? God was fulfilling his word that where sin abounded, grace did much more abound. So you hold God. God, you will give me God, there will be more. And God, in this place where sin is abounding, where corruption is abounding, oh, if you are in any place where there is corruption, 
tell God this is the right place for revival to break out. Hallelujah. 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 Second Timothy chapter 2 verse 9. Wherein I suffer trouble as an evildoer, even unto bonds, but the word of God is not bound. Lord, they can persecute me. Lord, they can put me in prison. But Lord, they cannot stop your word from being preached. Do you understand what you will bring before heaven? Yes, I can be persecuted. Yes. I can be put in prison. Yes. I can lose my job. But the word of God cannot be stopped. And therefore I have every right before heaven to demand that in this place, whatever is happening to me, the word of God must continue to go forth. Did not the Bible say, pray that the word of God may have free course and be glorified. As it was in you. That's in Second Thessalonians chapter 3 verse 1. Hallelujah. So can our prayer chain be like this? Can we begin to hold God. Day after day. Night after night. Morning after morning. Demanding these things from the presence of God. And saying God this is your word. Now stir up the heart of unbelievers. To bring your word to pass. Did not the Bible say in the last days. I will raise the mountains of the house of Judah above all other mountains. And peoples shall stream into it. Ten men shall take hold of one Jew. Ha Lord in this year there must be ten for me in Jesus name. Ten men shall take hold of one Jew. And say we are going to serve your God. I'm not saying if it hasn't come to this level with you, nothing has happened. But let me share with you. Praying Hyde. He had 11 children, so he was a man-man. Praying Hyde, who has the reputation of praying 13 hours, held on to God as a missionary in India. Four people every day, oh God. Four people every day, oh God. Four people every day, oh God. And if three people came today, tomorrow five will come to make up for the four. Was it because he was praying hide? By no means. It was because he held on to the word of God. And God moves the heart of people so as to see that his word came to pass. Hallelujah. Please, can our prayer list include this? Can our daily, weekly prayers include this? Hallelujah. Okay. Colossians chapter 4, verse 2 to 5. Quickly, we don't have too much time left. Colossians chapter 4, verse 2 to 5. Uh, I'm passionate that we take note of this 
as we regularly pray. Let's read it together. Continue in prayer and watching the same with thanksgiving, without praying for us also, that God will open unto us a door of utterance to speak the mystery of Christ, for which I am in bonds, that I may make it manifest as I ought to speak. Walk in wisdom towards them that are without redeeming the times. Please, can someone help me identify a minimum of three prayer points from this place? Please, anybody? Open door. Father, I ask for open doors in National Orthopedic Hospital where I'm working today. I ask for opportunities for ministering the word of God in eastern Nigeria where I work. Lord, I ask for open doors in the market as people buy my stalls. I ask for open doors as I teach the class today. Lord, I ask for opportunities, open doors in the name of Jesus. Thank you. Another prayer point from there. God, ask that I proclaim the message clearly. Oh, bros, this your life is not good though. You should change your, you should change and become a good boy. Is that a clear message? That's not a clear message. God loves you and Jesus died for you. He will change your heart and life if you give your heart to him today. Is that one a clearer message? Yes. Ask for a clear message. In 1 Corinthians chapter 2, Paul says, We speak with words taught by the Holy Spirit. I've once had the experience, and Biko, I am absolutely nothing, Biko, of walking along in the night campus with somebody and having an impression to talk to him about something specifically, he became startled and said, that is exactly what is going on in my heart now. So we're talking about God giving you words taught by the Holy Spirit. So as to minister to the people. Because God is already at work in them. Those of us who use daily guide, we heard that the woman at the well, someone had been speaking to her before. God is already at work in their lives. So that we can step in into the work that God is asking. Ask God, Father, give me words today, taught by your spirit, to make your, more, your message clear. He has woken me by morning so that I know how to give a word to him that is weary. Third prayer point, please. It's in verse 5. Yes. Making the most of every opportunity. Ah. You know, when I hadn't become married to my lovely wife, I wouldn't miss an opportunity to make her know that I care. Do you think I can miss her birthday? Abba. Am I telling a lie? No, now. You won't miss the opportunity. The Bible says, pray that you make the most. Not that you use it small, but that you make the most of every opportunity. Hallelujah. We were involved in an accident. We testified about that. So when we finished the journey, I turned to the man who drove us. 
Are you born again? Because that was an opportunity. Hallelujah. Can you, when you step into your office, Father, I ask for open doors. Father, I ask for words taught by your spirit today. Father, I ask that you help me make the message clear. Father, I ask that you help me make the most of every opportunity. Hallelujah. And you know, there are some of us that are a little bit reluctant to pray and to talk. In Jeremiah chapter 23 verse 29, the Bible says that when I wanted to stop giving your message, it was like fire shot up within my bones. And I became weary with withholding. Lord, if I choose not to speak, let your word be like fire in my bones. Let there be a weariness with withholding until I speak forth your word. And you can pray that for your people as well. Hallelujah. Pray the word of God. God will stir up the spirits of men so as to see that his word comes to pass. These are instructions. I plead with us. Hallelujah. Now, we also heard yesterday that you don't depopulate a strong man's house unless you have bound the strong man. And we need to make every blow count. We don't fight as though beating the air. In 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 4, we know that the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they are mighty through God, casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. So we need to deal with satanic manipulations in the life of men. Please, again, I warn, I am not saying that you can put somebody, Emeka Okafor, and claim Emeka Okafor that next week he will get born again. Please, that is not what I am teaching. But that you can pray and God will do his work in the hearts of men, as many as respond to his spirit. Amen. Amen. Good. Now in 2 Corinthians chapter 4 verse 4, this Bible says that if our gospel is hid, it is hid in the eyes of those the God of this world has blinded their eyes. So that the veil will be removed. My mother is here. When I was younger, I used to talk to her about some things about the Bible. One night, she said to me, Now I understand what you are saying. And I was puzzled because my message had not changed. When the veil is lifted by his spirit, understanding comes. Yes. So we need to pray and ask for a lifting of every veil. Amen. Listen, there are spirits that work certain things. I'm going to try and rush. But if you read Hosea chapter 4 verse 12. Hosea chapter 4 verse 12. You see there where the Bible said the spirit of whoredoms. And repeated the same thing in Hosea chapter 5 verse 4. That because of the spirit of whoredoms, 
they do not know God. Bible says, who has bewitched you? You who used to see the Bible message about Jesus clearly. We need to deal with the spirits that are doing that. Again, I am not saying that you would take one person and it like that happen. But when you deal with it, God brings those who will respond to him into salvation. Amen. Amen. And then, as you pray, dealing with what darkness can do and has done. In 1 Kings chapter 22, verse 23, the Bible there says, I will be a lying spirit, a spirit of deception. You need to deal with such lying spirits. Hallelujah. When you deal with that, Remember, Isaiah 55.11 says, The word of God does not return to him void. So you begin to pray and begin to proclaim. The word that we will speak next month's word evangelism will not return void. The tracts that I give will not return void. Hallelujah. Even if that man rumples it and throws it away, and a madman unfolds it and reads it, and that man, man gets his life in Christ. That word has not returned void. Hallelujah. Jeremiah 23, 29. Uh, let me leave that for now. The Bible makes us to know my word is like a fire. And it's like a hammer. And of course, you have read where the Bible says, the word of God is living, active, sharper. Did you hear the word sharper? It's sharper than the indoctrination of Islam. It's sharper than the teachings of the world. It's sharper than any other thing. It is sharper than any double-edged sword. So when you are praying, you speak and tell God there is going to be revival. It is those who believe God and pray that God thrusts forth effectively to begin to do the work of evangelization. Hallelujah. In closing, let me tell us about the Moravian Revival, because some of us need to understand that this is not something that is going to last for 2020 or for a few years and fold. The Moravian community, they fled Moravia and went to Saxony. They were divided people, they went together, but in 1727, they commenced a round the clock prayer watch. 24 men, 24 women in their early 20s, they began to pray round the clock. Other people later joined them and this prayer meeting lasted for 100 years. Now, 65 years after the commencement of that prayer vigil, that small Moravian community, that small Moravian community, 
that small Moridian community had sent 300 missionaries to the ends of the earth. Hallelujah. And that's the revival that we are going to have. Year after year, God is sending people to Abuja. God is sending people to Saudi Arabia. I'm not afraid for them. God is sending people to Europe. They are going to be used as of God as missionaries to the ends of the earth in Jesus' name. Why? Because we are going to be praying. We are going to be praying. I'm not saying that we must use round-the-clock prayer. Like our venerable had said, in the Almanato one, it, it, it wasn't a round-the-clock prayer, but it was persistent prayer that continued. So don't think that this revival will last five years and stop. Oh, that it be the revival that ushers in the king. Oh, Lord, you're beautiful. Your face is all I see. For when your eyes are on this child, your grace abounds to me. around the 
shall we pray talk to the Lord let his face be all that you see talk to the Lord let his face be all you see talk to the Lord talk to the Lord in Jesus name we pray our gracious Father, we thank you. We thank you, Lord, because you have spoken to us this morning in clear terms, in a clear language. Thank you, Lord, because of the role that we have been reminded that we ought to play in this revival. Father, we pray that you will help us. In our prayer life, Lord, we ask for help. In our following after you and doing exactly the things that you have taught us, Lord, we depend on you. Strengthen us, O Lord, equip us, Lord, to the glory and honor of your name. In Jesus' name we pray.